I mean, Mariah, how many 11th graders do you know have access to the CEO of a Fortune 500 company? You know, let me say none until I heard about this story. (laughs) But, you know, that's the power. That's the power of the social capital that we're creating through our programs. Welcome to the Egg Gap Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Phillips. You can call me Mariah because that's my name. And I'm thrilled to have you on this journey with me and all of the spectacular guests who jump on the podcast to give you more options for educating children so that children have more options for building a magnificent future. The Egg Gap Evolution Podcast is a digital community where parents, educators, and innovators drop the details on how they are using their lives to help children explore the vastness of education beyond the textbook so that we can close America's education gap together. And just in case you didn't get the memo, producing a podcast is a whole lot of work. We're talking schedule coordination, production, the list goes on and on. So in return for bringing you this show every week, we just ask that you always find a way to share and use what you learn on the podcast to enrich children and families everywhere. Alrighty, without further ado, come along with me to meet our very next guest. Today on the podcast, we're speaking with Latifa Durant. Latifa is the Vice President of Innovation at CityWorks DC, a nonprofit venture incubated by CityBridge Education that is launching new and amplifying existing initiatives that reshape education to employment pathways for young people in Washington, D.C. So prior to joining CityWorks DC, Latifa made waves in Prince George's County Public Schools as an officer of college and career readiness and innovative programs where she garnered substantial funding and resources in favor of improving college and career readiness pathways for students among a suite of other notable accomplishments. Today, we are fortunate enough to have Latifa with us on the show to talk about the great work going on at CityWorks DC and how modern youth apprenticeship offers a vital solution to making sure more socially and economically disenfranchised youth can not only establish well-aligned career goals, but strategically and confidently achieve them. So Latifa, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I am doing fantastic. You know, thank you so much for having me on today's podcast. I am really excited about the community that you've built around closing the education gap. Well, thank you. It's our pleasure. Definitely my pleasure. Um, and so I want to jump right in kind of to um, what you were doing prior to getting to the to CityWorks DC. So rarely do those of us listening, maybe some of us, but certainly not me, <laughs> get a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to be on the ground in an educational setting and really making change on a public level. I mean, for you, it was district wide when you were um, working in uh, the public school system. So Prior to joining CityWorks DC, you spent more than a decade managing budgets and starting programs for youth advancement in Maryland's PG County school system, which needless to say is hard work. So I'm wondering, when you first accepted your role as officer for the district's college um, and career readiness and innovative programs um, back in 2015, what motivated you to say, yes, like I'm the person for this role and I know that I'm going to execute it well? Or were you being a bit more apprehensive than that? Am I being idealistic? (laughs) Well, uh, you know, whenever I enter a new experience in life, I really try to remind myself that I am the woman for the job. Like as women, as people of color, we sometimes wonder if we belong in the room, you know, whether it's being a guest on a podcast, raising our kids, 
starting a new business venture, or taking on the challenge of serving as the officer of college and career readiness innovative programs, you know, whatever it is, I try to remind myself that I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be in this position if I didn't add value. And so in that particular role, I knew that I had a passion to help all young people uncover their purpose and to take the steps they needed to get there. You know, and at the time I took on the assignment, I'd already been working in the school district uh, for several years. I had been redesigning our middle and our high schools. And so that work at the time was kind of taking root. And so it was a natural segue for me to shift into a role that really focused on ensuring that our students, when they left our doors, were ready for college and career because we had provided them with the technical skills the employability skills, um, and the experience with college-level coursework for them to be successful wherever their journey would take them. And that's so exciting to me, and I'm sure to many others, because I know, you know, I mean, what you were doing there and what you're doing with CityWorks DC, it's the readiness part. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. any of us can think of whether it's a new relationship. Um, you know, I know you got a new a new puppy recently. Yes. <laughs> Anything <laughs> that you just jump off new, sometimes it can be like, oh, my God, I have no clue what's going on now. You know, this is what. Um, and so for you and the team that you work with there to have been so mindful of making sure that not only were, were youth, you know, leaving high school and graduating, but being prepared for the next step. I just think that's Absolutely. so special and important. So thank you. Um, and I'd love to dig into your history a little bit more so that we can get to know you um, a little bit more. So where are you from? And I'm wondering, um, what about where you're from makes you special? Ooh, so... Uh, I grew up in Philly, uh, a working class neighborhood in Philadelphia, um, where I would say every day men and women went to work, but they were constantly struggling to make ends meet, you know, like robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, I knew I wanted more out of life. Uh, Mm -hmm. So at a young age, I kind of set a course for what I thought that I wanted. Uh, It changed, of course, as time went on. Um, But really the backbone of that was my mom really stressing the importance of education. Um, And so I decided to make education my vehicle to success. Um, And it was my Head Start teacher uh, when I was four, actually, who gave me the fuel for the journey. So, yeah, she knew where I lived um, and she knew my neighborhood elementary school. And um, she just didn't feel like it would serve me well. And so Ms. Winston, my Head Start teacher, Um, allowed me to use her address from kindergarten all the way to the eighth grade um, to attend a school that was in the middle class section of the city. Um, And so, yeah, it was really awesome. Like the experience that I had at that school, C.W. Henry, like it really fed, you know, my intellectual curiosity. It exposed me to people of different races and cultures and beliefs. Um, And so it really gave me a strong foundation. And then I kind of continued to chart my course from there going to a selective public high school and went to Ivy League College and graduate school. Um, I would say what makes my history, I don't know, I would categorize it as special, but I think what what my uh, background makes unique about me is that um, it gives me unique perspective. And Mm -hmm. it's what really drives me uh, to really ensure that every child has access to a high quality education regardless of their zip code, you know, because I realize, you know, without Ms. Winston kind of entering my life story and changing the educational options that were available to me, my life outcomes could have looked quite different. Yeah. 
And that, you know, first off, virtual round of applause to Miss Winston. Um, you know, yes. and, and, and you know, because that's so special. I mean, first off, it's not it's not every day that you see people take someone else's child in their educational path under their wing and say, hey, I know what this child is capable of. Let's get them in a the space that they need to be in to thrive. And um, also a few episodes ago, we talked about zoning laws and, and I'm from Baltimore in the Baltimore um, and Baltimore County area. And I just want folks listening, you know, be very mindful of that. Um, in your area, whether you're in an affluent neighborhood or not, zoning laws are so important because, you know, not every kid's going to get the opportunity to have a Miss Winston to take them to a different zip code to be educated. You know, so we got to make sure that kids are getting what they can, where they can, um, and making sure your school has the resources that they need. But I could go down a whole rabbit hole with that. Absolutely. I could go with you too. (laughs) So let's pop out the rabbit hole and get back to so in a minute, uh, we'll jump into the work that you're doing specifically at CityWorks um, sure. to reshape employment pathways for high school students in D.C., which is awesome. But what what about when you were in high school? I know that you had a very unique experience um, in, in elementary school, but I'm wondering if you could sum up your high school experience in one word, what would that word be and why? Hmm. I would say the one word to describe my high school experience is exploration. Um, It was in high school that I got to explore and experiment with different versions of me, like who I am and who I wanted to be. You know, I was co-captain of the cheerleading team, but also captain of the debate team. So I didn't quite fit into one high school category. Mm -hmm. Um, I also got exposure to possible careers, you know? So I explored being a lawyer through mock trial. I explored being an ambassador in Model UN, Um, even explored sales when I worked as a shoe salesman um, and a telemarketer after school, you know? um, Yeah. I discovered a love of languages and culture when my mom held enough raffles and sold enough chicken dinners um, (laughs) to pay my way to live in Venezuela for a summer. Um, so I would say my like personal career in global exploration would definitely sum up my, my high school experience. That's good. Was this a public high school? It was a public high school in Philadelphia. Wow. Philly. I mean, look, y'all clearly, (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I know some time has passed, but Philly was doing a great job then. I wonder how they're doing now. I got to look into, uh, more of the stuff that they're doing in those Philly schools because that sounds like an awesome experience and kudos to your mom. I know exactly what it's like to have a big opportunity like that to travel and really have to kind of hustle to make sure it can happen. So I'm glad it was able to happen for you. Um, and so, uh, Thank you for sharing about your high school experience. Now we'll talk about the way you are helping to transform the lives of students um, in D.C. And I know I summarized what CityWorks D.C. does a bit in the bio, but you, you're in there. You know, you're the one <laughs> <laughs> doing it every single day, helping to carry this mission forward. So could you tell us exactly what CityWorks D.C. does? Absolutely. So at CityWorks DC, uh, we are a leading collaborator that's really devoted to reshaping the landscape of education and career development opportunities for DC youth of color. You know, we catalyze change by mobilizing local employers, by mobilizing educators and city leaders, you know, to create what we call a local equitable talent pipeline that really provides high wage and high demand jobs that includes our young people. 
First off, I need to take a second because I'm going to do a little jog around the block. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just, you don't hear too many things like this. I know that you guys will talk about, um, you know, City Work uh, Career Wise Colorado in Mm -hmm. a second. But to have such a multifaceted um, and well thought out program where you're not only you know, kids aren't just in school, not that, you know, there's not that school's bad, school's great. But like you're saying, you know, there there are other experiences that youth really need, especially if we're talking about um, socially and economically disenfranchised youth, we need um, opportunities for children to be able to get a couple of steps up, you know, outside of the traditional pathway. So I'm so excited about what you all are doing there. And so if I'm not mistaken, career-wise DC stems from CityWorks DC, am I correct? That's correct. So CityWorks DC is our organization. Um, and like I said, CityWorks, we're involved in both developing like the systems and structures and conditions that provide young people of color in DC with access to good jobs. We also provide programming that propels early career outcomes of DC youth. And that's my role is to work on our innovative programs. And so CareerWise DC is one of our programs that we offer at CityWorks. Um, And CareerWise DC is our youth apprenticeship program. And that's where high school students learn on the job uh, for three years in industries like IT and finance, all while they're working for employers like Accenture and Freddie Mac. Going to top tier from the, from the jump. You know, that's awesome. Um, well, we have both. We have both large multinational organizations. And then we also have a lot of small and medium sized firms as well, especially a lot of local, small, minority owned uh, IT firms have sought to participate in career wise as a way to develop their talent. That's spectacular. I love that. I know when I first entered corporate America, um, I worked for a smaller firm. I was in public relations, though. Nowhere near mm-hmm. IT. <laughs> I worked for a smaller firm. And like, and then I worked for a big one. And it was just great. Like, both experiences offer unique um, things. I think for the smaller firms, you really get, sometimes, for me, in my experience, I got a lot of hands-on work and got yes. to see different parts of what, how the company was run. And then for the bigger ones, you're like, okay, this is how it looks at scale. So it's really cool that it's that diversity and experience for kids, whether they get to both or one or the other. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so when when students enter the youth apprenticeship program at CareerWise DC, what could you walk us through what that process might look like? Like, how do they discover that this opportunity is possible? And, you know, what is the process from discovering the opportunity is possible to them being in that seat or in that building? Absolutely. So we try to keep the, the, the process as simple as possible. Um, <laughs> being a former educator or being a parent, you know, simple is best. Um, and so we partner with a number of uh, LEAs, schools essentially in D.C., um, from D.C. public schools, um, their IT career academies. We partner with Friendship Public Charter Schools, uh, KIPP D.C., um, IDEA, WLA. And so we work with the schools uh, to help us to promote the program and to talk to their students uh, about this particular opportunity. Um, And so if you're at any of those uh, LEAs, if you're at any of the schools, uh, definitely reach out and be in touch and we can help you get connected and and involved. Um, Our program typically starts with 11th graders. uh, So we have a very simple online application form uh, that the students uh, will fill out. We help them with uh, their resume. Uh, We help them with interview preparation uh, because ultimately it's our employers who are gonna make the ultimate selection. 
Um, and then we also help our young people work with the schools to make sure that they have school schedules that will enable them to participate in our youth apprenticeship program because they're released early from school during the day so that they can get to work on time. So a typical schedule might be you're in school from, let's say, you know, until about one o'clock, you transition, you're at work by, let's say, 1.30, 2 p.m., and then you're working till 5 p.m. And so we need our school partners um, and the specific school partners that I just identified. Um, they've been working with us to make sure that the school schedules are what they need to be so that the young people can be released uh, for this work experience. Now, when you said that, all I could think of was like, when these young people, quote unquote, get into the real world and are no longer mm-hmm. in school, they will be so used to having a full schedule and managing that, that mm-hmm. it seems like the shock of it all won't be there as much as it might be for students who didn't have this, you know, multifaceted and um, busy schedule. I think that it's so cool because, I mean, let's be serious. When you're that age, you have way more energy than those of us. <laughs> are not that age and to be able to put that energy towards something that is helping to build your future is just so awesome so thank you oh absolutely um I was wondering you said that a lot of the program uh most of the programs are in IT um healthcare and finance do you guys did you guys pick those particular sectors for a reason or Mm -hmm. you know is is there so was there a thought process behind um behind that You know, we try to listen to our business partners um, and we also rely on labor market data. So our business partners, they tell us what they need and we respond to that need by providing the talent um, as well as helping to train that talent on the occupations where our employer partners are hiring. Um, So the reason we started offering finance was because Freddie Mac had a need and a role in their finance department. And so we are able through our affiliation with CareerWise USA to develop the competencies for that particular occupation and offer it, right? So we try to be responsive to what our employers are bringing to the table and what they say they need. But we also look at labor market data. And that's because we wanna make sure that our young people are entering careers and career fields that are in demand you know, that those career fields provide opportunities for professional growth um, and there where there's opportunities for our apprentices to increase their earnings, both in the near term and long term. So those are the two pieces that go into our decision making around what career fields, what occupations we offer to our apprentices, both uh, the need of the employer and the labor market data that we see in the D.C. region. That makes so much sense. So like we we talk so much about looking to the future on this podcast and like that is clearly mm-hmm. what you all are doing so that's awesome um and with these apprenticeships you i know that you all have you call them modern youth apprenticeships um and so as a refresher for all of us um an apprenticeship generally is an arrangement in which someone learns an art trade or a job under another person so i'm wondering what makes a modern apprenticeship different from um a traditional, you know, quote, just regular old apprenticeship? You know, most people, when they hear the word apprenticeship, um, they have some preconceived notions. So one, they typically think it's for adults only. Um, They think that it's limited to the construction trades. And they'll also typically think it's for those who are not going to college. And so that's why CareerWise DC makes a distinction, you know, that this program is a modern youth apprenticeship. And that means you know, A, you don't have to wait until your mid-20s to get a start. You can start in high school. 
You know, B, it's not just about the construction trades. Like you mentioned, we have IT, we have finance, we have business operations. Um, and C, it doesn't mean that you're not going to college. In fact, we offer opportunities for our young people to take debt-free college courses while they're in their apprenticeship um, through our partnership with Purdue Global University. And in fact, most of our apprentices continue their college studies after the apprenticeship is over, either on a part-time or a full-time basis. So that's what makes it modern. I think it's really just helping people to understand uh, that apprenticeship is more than what you thought it was or what you might have conceived of it in your grandparents' day, you know, <laughs> that you can be young, you can still be in high school, uh, that you can do it in what we call non-traditional fields like finance and IT, um, and that you can also go to college while being in an apprenticeship. That's great. Um, I'm wondering also, so I, so you all, CareerWise DC is an affiliate of Careers, CareerWise Colorado, right? Yes. So, well, CareerWise Colorado now, it's CareerWise USA, but yes, we are an affiliate. Okay. Okay. And so um, um, was the program there or is the program there, are they all structured the same? Is, is it the same structure for every program or do, do the structures uh, vary based on location? So the structures are similar, uh, I would say, across locations. Um, it does vary a bit depending on like jurisdiction. Um, so one of the reasons that we're working with uh, CareerWise Colorado is that they kind of have um, systems and structures in place uh, to help the youth apprenticeship model to thrive, right? And so we have the opportunity to be one of several affiliates in Colorado, in New York, in Indiana. Um, and so together, we had this unique opportunity to scale youth apprenticeship across the nation. Um, and we also have a community of practice among the affiliates in their various locations um, that really enables us to share our learnings, to share best practices, um, as well as create some efficiencies and economies of scale that helps to lower the cost of programming. So that's why we've chosen to work with the CareerWise USA uh, structure. They're also helping us around, as I mentioned earlier, um, some of the occupational frameworks and the competencies that have been developed. Um, some of those things we're able to utilize in our context here in D.C., but then each of the affiliates are also able to modify to fit the needs of their young people and employers as well. It makes so much sense to have if there's something, a framework in place that works and you can just tweak it a little bit for your area, you know, then then why not? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I, I would say, you know, at CityWorks, you know, while in this case around career-wise, we use an existing structure and framework, um, but we also have the ability at CityWorks to kind of, when we see a need to create new and innovative solutions. So that's okay. my role, right? As the president of innovation, um, you know, we started a new program last year that serves out of school youth. You know, we saw that there was a need among recent graduates from high school that weren't connected to school or to work. And so we decided to design and launch um, our Embark program, which is a different program than we're talking about today. But that one um, provides young adults 18 to 26 with career coaching and supports that actually helps them to achieve their their long-term goals. So we do a both and, like, you know, in the cases where there's an existing structure that we can build upon, then that is the career-wise model. But then there's also been instances where we've had to start and create new programs from the ground up. Now, I'm on you all's website at the moment. And I'm just yes. saying this because, guys, there's a donate button. <laughs> 
There is a donate button and you hear the great things that are going on. You hear how Latif and her team, when they see a need, you know, it's not, it's not only framework that already exists, but when they see a need, you know, they figure, they, they bring about a solution. Mm -hmm. And as much as we'd love to say that that is common, it is not always common. And we're hoping to bring more of that to the world. So thank you for bringing so many solutions to um, youth in DC. And for those of you listening, if you feel compelled and you identify or really support with um, what they're doing here, definitely we'll shout out the website at the end. Please support this type of work because we need to see more of it happening. Um, And speaking of bringing, you know, this structure to DC, why was it necessary to bring a program like this to the DC area? Like when this, when this was found in the DC area, what was the thought? Like, did you guys look at any stats or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, things like that? Yes. So we felt like it was important to bring the career wise model to DC because really every year there are hundreds of thousands of new good jobs in DC. And so when I say good jobs, I mean, where you can make 60,000 or more, which right. is actually what you need just to reasonably live uh, in yes. our city with yourself <laughs> and one dependent. You know, like that's not living large. That's just like to take care of yourself. It's getting by. You know, it's getting by. It's getting by. But despite the hundreds of thousands of new jobs every year in the city, very few Washingtonians actually fill those jobs, right? And wow. so the CareerWise DC program gives young people entry-level access to these jobs um, with opportunities to earn industry certifications, to earn college credits, and to develop their professional network. That is just, let me take a pause. (laughs) (laughs) The reason I am so overwhelmed by what you all do is because, you know, Baltimore is right up the street from DC and I can just Mm -hmm. see my story fit so perfectly into what you all are doing. You know, being African-American, being from a a, basically a poor community, you know, let's not Mm -hmm. sugarcoat it. Um, and having so many opportunities, Baltimore isn't nearly as developed in the job market as DC, but growing up, there were a lot of excellent job opportunities. And I would, you know, be working downtown or working at the ice cream shop. And I'm like, how do I get in them buildings? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do I stop making $10 an hour and get to, the point, <laughs> yes. get to the point where I can be, you know, in a nice air conditioned office and not just that have skills that I can, that can carry me through life. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I'm just so um, excited for folks to keep getting a hold of this and really looking forward to seeing the numbers increase in the future for the amount of uh, especially youth of color, D.C. residents who are then able to fill those spots and get those good jobs. Um, and so moving along here, um, you know, I'm really a fan of many things, clearly, um, that you all guys are doing. But one thing that really gets me excited, just like I mentioned briefly, is that youth are able to learn how to, quote unquote, make it in mm-hmm. a goal oriented corporate setting that may or may not lack in diversity. And so drawing from personal experience, the traditional lack of diversity and culturally familiar atmosphere as a black young, young black woman was one of the mm-hmm. hardest aspects to overcome when I was in corporate America. So I mean, through mentors and stuff, I, I was able to do it, but it wasn't easy. So yeah. can yeah. you briefly walk us through how your team works to help students of color navigate these spaces? Like, are there what sorts of conversations or trainings might be held, if at all? Absolutely. It's funny, as you were talking about a, a 
good friend of mine, uh, Chris Anderson, recently wrote a book called uh, Intelligence is Not Enough. And so, <laughs> you know, as a woman and a person of color, I know education is not enough to make it in a corporate setting, right? Yeah. So to prepare our career-wise apprentices for the workplace, we start with a professional development institute in the summer. And we do that to ensure that our apprentices have the critical workplace skills like verbal and written communication and working on a team. But we also talk about topics like code switching, microaggressions, mm-hmm. self-advocacy. Um, and those conversations don't stop once they start the job. Our team continues to meet with each apprentice every week to help wow. support them, you know, because we're trying to support them through their particular work, their particular school, in their particular life context. Um, and then we also bring them together as a group Um, And we convene them monthly to have ongoing professional development sessions around the areas of transition that they and their employers have identified would be most helpful. But I also want to say, like, we don't just help the students learn how to work in a corporate setting. We also work with employers to help them to create a more supportive and inclusive environment for young people and people of color. Right. It's often the burden. (laughs) <laughs> of the, the 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 person of color to to uh, adapt and to change to fit the mm-hmm. corporate context, but we also are talking to our corporate partners to talk about like, well, what can you do differently? How can you create a more supportive and inclusive environment? I mean, Mariah, how many eleven graders do you know have access to the CEO of a Fortune five hundred company? You know, let like, me say <laughs> none until I heard about this story. <laughs> but you know, that's the power. That's yes. the power of the social capital that we're creating through our programs. And especially, like I said, around adolescent development, um, you know, many, if you haven't had a child uh, recently or uh, worked with young people in the education setting, you may not understand uh, all the nuances <laughs> totally of adolescent <laughs> development, right? And so we want to make sure that they just understand a little bit about you know, what's a normal process? What's a normal part of adolescent development? Um, What are some things you can expect from adolescents? And how can you best support adolescents in the workplace? That is awesome. I mean, um, I'm thinking even (laughs) I can relate to that in so many different ways, which I won't spiral into now. But (laughs) it is it is just very important to make sure that the employer is also, you know, cognizant of that of that difference, you know, and of the different ways that they need to support. Because like you were saying, a lot of times the responsibility is placed on the person of color or the youth or whoever, you know, is coming into the atmosphere. And it's like, wait a minute, this is a partnership. You know, we (laughs) we both need to be on the same page. We both need to be bringing 100 percent to the table. So that is an awesome aspect um, of it all. And I think what's so cool about the fact that you said, you know, first they have their one-on-one meetings weekly or their meetings weekly, and then they go into a group meeting atmospheres. I remember when I was in high school and even in college, and even now as an adult, it's just so wonderful to have a community that is going through the same thing as you, be it good or bad, you know, Um, and to have people... Hey, you know what I'm going through. Hey, you know, I didn't know you before. And because of this collective thing, now we know each other and you might form some new relationships that last lifelong. So what is so exciting about these sorts of programs like you're doing is not only is it getting people where they need to go, um, you know, career wise, it's building lifelong relationships that will help them in the future. Um, And speaking of that, I have a question for you on social capital. Because I know when I first approached your organization about this interview, that was something that was brought up. Um, 
And for those who need a refresher, social capital is the networks and relationships among people who live and work in a particular society or community that enables that society and the people within it to function more effectively. So Mm -hmm. just having a good old network. Um, And so let's talk about the importance of that when it comes to career advancement um, or even just jumpstarting your career to get that first job as a young person. What why do you believe um, at CareerWise DC that social capital is so important for youth and what becomes possible for youth when they have social capital versus when they do not? We live it every day, right? So social capital is vital, um, vitally important to career advancement because it's an important source of power um, and influence that helps people to get ahead. You know, our young people, they have social capital. They have it in their families, in their communities, in their social groups. But we're helping them to build the social capital they need to access opportunity in the professional setting. And this is a space where many of our young people don't have um, the social capital to leverage connections for their benefit. You know, so what does social capital look like in the workplace? It's the difference between submitting your resume on a company's job board where you are one of a hundred or even a thousand applicants Mm -hmm. versus a former supervisor calling the hiring manager, recommending you and sending your resume um, to that person. Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? It's the difference, (laughs) huge difference. You know, um, it's, it's social capital is the difference between, you know, again, applying for a job that's listed on the job board versus a job being created for you because your skill set is known and valued in that industry. And so at CityWorks DC and in our, through our programs like CareerWise DC, we're helping young people of color to develop a supportive professional network. For those in our youth apprenticeship program, they're developing that professional network through, as you just talked about, like the cohort that they're building and and amongst their peers. Um, But they're also building that professional network through their place of work, through the supervisors, the colleagues, and the coaches at the job site. They all become a part of their network. Um, Through their work experiences, they extend that network to the clients, to the vendors, to the partners affiliated with their jobs. Um, And the network they build isn't necessarily limited to D.C., Right. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned that one of our partners is Accenture. And so Accenture has employees and clients all over the world. Right. And so yeah. while our apprentices in D.C. and their reporting structure may be in D.C., the reach of the network that they develop certainly is not. Um, so, for example, last year, the youth apprentices at Accenture participated in this virtual, I think, ice cream social. They sent them some things in the mail. We were in a pandemic. Um, And in that virtual meeting, they had an opportunity to hear from the CEO of the company, Julie Sweet. And so after the meeting, one of our apprentices sent her a note sharing how much she enjoyed the talk and what she gave from the experience. I mean, Mariah, how many 11th graders do you know have access to the CEO of a Fortune 500 company? You know, let me say none until I heard about this story. (laughs) But, you know, that's the power. That's the power of the social capital that we're creating through our programs. And you can contrast that to um, our young people 
without a professional network, without that supportive professional network, they're struggling to mm-hmm. access job opportunities. And that's often the situation of our participants and the Embark program that I mentioned earlier, right? So in this case, CityWorks DC steps in and we leverage our own social capital and the social capital of our staff and our partners and our relationships to develop uh, relationships with businesses that are hiring in our region so that we can make introductions on behalf of those young people, so that we can contact hiring managers um, to be able to help facilitate the young people in our Embark program to get access to those jobs where they may not have the social capital to get entry. You know, And so what I love about CityWorks DC is that we're uniquely positioned uh, to both help our young people to develop social capital, but we're also positioned to help provide and leverage our own social capital where we can to really serve uh, the young people that we work with. Yes. And I'm just so excited for these young people because I'm, and it's, it sounds weird, but I'm excited <laughs> for the, when they get to the age in like their mid to late twenties yeah. where they realize how far they've come and they look back and they're like, Oh my God, you know, if it wasn't yes. for that experience, you know, if it mm-hmm. wasn't for mm-hmm. taking that path, I wouldn't probably wouldn't be right here as successful, you know, and success is different to everyone, but as successful yeah. as I am today, like that is just such a good feeling. And I just, I'm, and I'm excited for the lives that they will touch and help to enrich because of that. And so I know I've said thank you a million times, but thank you for the work <laughs> that you're doing. Um, and so let's zoom out a bit. I'm wondering, Latifa, what is the world, in your opinion, what is the world taking too long to realize when it comes to the way that we educate youth? And how are you changing that? Ooh, well, <laughs> I'm going to try to keep my <laughs> response narrow. <laughs> Uh, that's a rabbit hole we could go down together. But right. I'll, <laughs> I'll just say this. Um, in the U.S., we still have a one-size-fits-all approach to education that doesn't fit for most, and especially not for our students of color. Um, and as a country, we largely still believe that the only way to financial independence is through the direct admission to a four-year university after high school. Mm-hmm. When in reality, our learners are diverse, not just in terms of race, ethnicity, gender, uh, but also when it comes to how they learn and how they want to achieve their career goals. Right. So at the end of the day, as a parent and as an educator, we want our children to achieve financial independence. But what needs to change is what we believe about the path to get there. In fact, there is no one path. Right. You know, what needs to change is helping our um, systems and structures and those in places of power to understand that there are multiple pathways that lead to a fulfilling career that provides financial independence, right? And so at CityWorks DC, we're striving to be an options multiplier. You know, what does that mean? The work that we're doing gives young people options. That is, they may go directly into work. It may be a combination of work and school. It may be going full-time to school. Whatever the path is, we're here to prepare our young people for it um, through what we call the social mobility trifecta, which is one, paid work experience, two, a supportive professional network, and three, the post-secondary credentials they need to get there. An options multiplier. Y'all need to make that a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. I like that. I like that. You know, <laughs> definitely have to put that. We are an options multiplier. Yeah. Yes. That is yes. options, options, options. It's just so important. Options. Um, because, That's like you said, want. 
Yeah, that's that's what we want. And like like you said, there's no one path. People change and there need to be options because if you don't have options, when you hit a brick wall, you know, when you see a blockage, you're like, oh, my God, that's it for me. You know, absolutely. this is all I thought was possible. But when you have options, the possibilities are endless. And so I'm wondering, um, is your you said that your program is always looking for uh, new employment partners, right? Always, always, always. We are always accepting new business partners, whether that's for our uh, apprenticeship program, uh, for our Embark program that works with out-of-school youth, um, even on the systems change side, because we need employers, too, through our efforts at the Federal City Council and the Employers for Equity Initiative to help to change the way the ecosystem functions uh, for our young people. And so um, we welcome business partners in any way they want to get connected. We can help to plug them in. Sweet. So what's the best way for them to get in touch? Uh, you know what? Your listeners can certainly email me directly at Durant. That's L-D-U-R-A-N-T at citybridge.org. Okay, perfect. So you guys heard that. And I'm also going to drop that in the show notes. And for parents, caretakers, and anyone looking to get involved or support um, CityWorks DC, how can we learn more about the program? And how can how can we stay in touch with you all um, that way? Sure. So employers, parents, anyone who wants to get connected to CityWorks or CareerWise, um, our social media our social media handles are at CityWorksDC as well as at CareerWiseDC. So that's at CityWorksDC and at CareerWiseDC. And we're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, probably coming to a TikTok soon too near you. <laughs> Well, you guys heard it from Latifah directly, y'all. Coming to a TikTok near you soon. Um, They're on all the social platforms. You can visit their website. And I mean, you know, this is one of those episodes that I would encourage you to listen to again and again and to share around because there are so many gems that were dropped. Latifah, thank you so much for joining us today. And for the one millionth and billionth time, thank you for the work that you all are doing at CityWorks and CareerWise DC. It was such a pleasure speaking with you. Likewise. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So what'd you think? How will you take what you learned today on the Ed Gap Evolution podcast to make sure that more children and families know that they have more options for building a magnificent future? If you like what you heard and want to get notified when the next episode goes live, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll notify you when the next episode is out. Don't forget to check the show notes where I share information on today's guests and yes, we do have a website. You can always pop in on us at www.edgapevolution.com. Again, I'm Mariah Phillips, and I leave you with this. Embrace the evolution, y'all.